Welcome to Moments with Marilyn. I'm your host, Marilyn Boyer, the mom of 14 homeschool kids who love the Lord and love each other. It is my joy to encourage young moms and to provide you with tips and tools to make your journey easier. Before we get started, let me remind you that you can access our podcasts on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, wherever you choose to access your podcasts. Our topic today is continuing our study of obedience, teaching your kids to be obedient. And if you remember, we ended with, okay, my kids were disobedient. What do I do now? That's where we're going to start today. Few cautions. Don't handle it this way. Don't raise your voice or yell at them. That's handling it with disrespect. And one of the things that we correct our kids for, if you remember, we talked about last week, was disrespect. So we don't want to disrespect our kids in the way we handle their disobedience. Don't correct in public. It's humiliating. You know, wait till you can pull them aside or get home or take them out to the car. With our kids, when I would say, go to my room, that would kind of put fear in their hearts because I was sending them away from the other kids so I wasn't correcting them in front of all their brothers and sisters. We don't want to belittle our kids or put them down or be disrespectful or make them feel stupid. Correction is for the purpose of guiding them on the right path, not getting back at them. You know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. We're not to execute vengeance on our kids because they're irritating us or bugging us. Don't correct in anger. You know, the anger of man worketh not the righteousness of God. What I would do if I felt angry in a situation, I would go to my room. I would tell my kids, guys, mom is struggling with this. I'm feeling angry about this. I'm going to go to my room and get my heart right with the Lord, and then I'm going to come out and we'll deal with it. You go to your room, and you deal with your heart, and I'm going to go to my room and deal with my heart, and then we'll get together and I'll handle the correction for the situation. Simmer down you know, as a parent. Get your attitude right first. If you communicated anger to them, ask their forgiveness before you correct them. Admit that you were wrong in your reaction. Focus on handling the situation with honor. You want to treat your kids honorably. You're giving them a good example of how they should act. And keep your vision before you. You know, you are trying to raise up godly generations. You're holding the high standard of God's word high before them. Don't just discipline in anger. Appeal to their conscience. Communicate grief for their action. Not anger, not shame, but grief. There's a difference. It's not that you're bad. We, you know, you are sinful. You need to deal with the sin. But it's not that I, I think you're bad. I don't like you anymore. We don't want to communicate that. We need to learn how to honor God in our choices to teach our kids to honor God in their choices. So how to handle it? You know, establish responsibility, first of all. Ask them, what did you do? Make them verbalize what they did. Did they disobey a command of scripture? Show them how it was a violation of God's word. Then instruct them. Have them, you know, you want to repeat your instruction, especially if it's a small child. They can be forgetful. They can forget. So re have them repeat back to you, what did mommy ask you to do? What was your instruction? And have them repeat it back to you. I would always give a small child a warning before I would correct them. You know, 
have them repeat what was it you were supposed to do, not go in the road with my bike or whatever it was. Then give them a warning, have them repeat back to you what the instruction is. You know, give them a chance to get it right. Then if you do have to correct them, show love to them afterwards. You know, hug them. Don't send them away. But welcome them back um, when their emotions get under control, especially if you've got a powder then sometimes I would send them to their room to get their attitude right before they come back out with the family. But, you know, you want to be welcoming. You don't want to hold it against them. You don't want to hold this sin high above their head and let them know, oh, you've done this before, you've done it again. You know, you don't want to communicate that at all. Then they need to make it right. They need to ask forgiveness of God. And I would lead my child into asking God's forgiveness. And then if there was another person they wronged, they need to go to that person and ask forgiveness and verbalize the offense. Don't just say, I'm sorry. Say, I was mean to you. I spoke unkindly to you. Will you forgive me? And if they damage someone's property, they need to make restitution. If they broke a toy, we would have our kids work, you know, give them jobs so that they could earn money to replace that toy. Um, Hebrews 12, 11 is a, a verse that I had all my kids learn. For the time, no discipline seems pleasurable, but afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. For my first son, he struggled with being disciplined, so we made a discipline book, and I wrote town verses in it with little stick figures of Ricky being disciplined for things that he had done wrong. It, to explain to him that we were trying to help him follow God's commands. And that helped him to see that mom and dad would be disobeying God if we didn't correct him for this action. And that really helped him. Then return to the crossroads. You know, God said to Jacob, arise, go up to Bethel and live there and make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother. So he had to go back to the place where he went astray. Have your kids go back to where they made the wrong choice and help them work out what the correct choice would, would have been. What should you have done? Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but a harsh word stirreth up anger. Perhaps they were harsh with a brother or sister. What should they have done? They should have spoken with a soft word and watched God work. Romans 12.21 says, Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. You know, help them understand where they made the mistake and what they should have done. There's a verse, um, Matthew 6.21 says, Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And one of my kids loved to tease others, and he loved to get reactions. And then one of my daughters would overreact, like way overreact. So there was one time he teased her, she overreact. I dealt with him on his teasing, but I also dealt with her about the overreaction. So I kind of pulled her aside. I explained that verse to her, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I said, let's, you and me, plan a surprise for this brother who's teasing you. And she said, I remember feeling like I did not want to do something nice for him. But she did. I suggested maybe she could make him a cake. 
and she was right at the age where she was learning to bake and was excited about baking. So she got out cookbooks, she looked through them, she planned this special chocolate cake for him. And he was at work with dad that day. When he came home, she presented him that cake. And you know, she said, I can't remember his reaction, but what I do remember is that it changed my attitude toward him. So you want to teach your kids to do the right thing. You know, help them to work through it. It's so easy just to kind of brush stuff under the rug and say, oh, I'm too tired. I don't want to deal with it. But if you actually help your kids work through, realize what they did wrong, and go back and do the right thing, you're training them in righteousness. And that's our job as parents. <clears throat> so... Does the Bible say that? Scripture is the only thing that's going to bring about lasting changes to behavior. It's not all the cutesy little tricks that you can come up with. Scripture is what's going to change your kids' hearts. It will get into their head. You'll have them memorize it. They'll chew on it. They'll meditate on it. It will eventually change their behavior. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, you might feel like you're up against a brick wall with your kids not getting it, but it eventually does change their heart. And I also have a, a list that I'm going to give you, a freebie list today. It's a list of uh, 32 negative behaviors and the corresponding positive behaviors. For every negative thing your child displays, there's a corresponding positive behavior. And what we need to do is help those kids work through trading, putting off the negative and putting on the positive. And we've written a whole Bible study called Growing in Wisdom on this, and that actually helps your kids work through this. They look up what Scripture says about anger, for instance, and they look up what Scripture says about self-control. And they realize from that that Scripture says if you cultivate anger in your life, you're going to end up like an angry man, and nobody wants to be an angry man. So it gives them wisdom in learning how to choose wisely. And this list is called... Um, offenses, let's see, um, identifying and dealing with offenses. And this whole Bible study is based on that list, but we're going to give you this list for free. So look, look it up in the show notes. So bad attitudes basically boil down to not showing a courteous regard for others. We need to teach our kids to honor. If we teach them the principle of honoring others, it will eliminate a whole lot of other problems, unkindness, mocking, teasing, all these things are not treating others with honor. A person who learns to honor others makes friends of everybody. And God has a special reward for people who give honor to others. He makes a way and puts them eventually in positions of honor. And this is a skill we all need to learn, to honor others. As parents, we need to think, how can I handle this situation with honor? One of the things we did, we had our kids have quiet times. We practiced how to act in church. We played church at home. We had van voices. We had 14 kids. We had a 15-passenger van. Um, by the time we had the 14th child, we had some drivers, so not everybody was in the van at once. But we had a lot of kids in that van at one time. So we had quiet voices, which were van voices, quiet voices, which were school voices. You know, we trained our kids how to be quiet, how to have a quiet time. Sometimes we would just call a quiet time because there was so much confusion, have them sit on the couch, put their hands on their laps, and be still 
for maybe five minutes, total quiet. Training your kids how to be quiet. Some kids that are so active don't know that they can actually be quiet. So help them with that. Show them that they can do that. Then maybe give them a little reward when they've learned to practice that self-control. There's also an obedience quiz that I'm going to give you as well. We developed a little obedience quiz to help our kids see obedience in scripture, and we're happy to share that with you. Use praise. Look for the positive in your kids. You know, we are responsible to correct the negative habits we see in our kids, and they seem to be glaring out to us. But we also need to train ourselves to look for the positive because it's so easy to pick on the negative and correct and correct and correct and correct and never inspire your kids, never praise your kids. We need to look for the positive. That shows honor to our kids. And you recognize that any negative character trait is a positive character quality misused. It's our job to guide them to make the wise choices to put on the right thing. Now, often God will take struggles that we have in our lives and he'll turn it around and give us victory. And that will be an area of ministry that we can have with others. So how's your heart? You know, it's time for a heart check as a parent. Do your kids know that they have your heart? That you're more concerned for their benefit than you are for your own? That should be the goal of our discipline, not to have our kids act correctly. That's a side benefit. But think correctly and become the people that God made them to be. It's our kids' thinking that shows what's going on in their heart. Honor addresses what's going on below the surface and considers the child's heart. When you teach your kids to change their heart, you'll see them make attitude adjustments, not just behavioral changes. And in doing that, you're getting to the root of disobedience. You're making lifelong changes. So putting into practice, you know, how do we teach our kids to do that? We had a simple little game that we played called ifs. And we would say, we would take situations that we knew our kids, situations of temptation that our kids would find themselves in. And we would say, if you went to Travis's house and he said, come watch this TV program. It's a good one. Your mom won't mind. My mom lets us watch it. What would you do? So we worked out, my husband and I worked out in advance how we wanted our kids to handle that situation because we knew that was a situation they were often in. Our rule, which might be totally different than yours, is they had to ask specifically mom and dad before they could watch a TV program. We did not have a TV in our home. We raised our kids without TV. So our kids knew when they got in that situation, instead of, oh my, what do I do? You know, I don't want to offend Travis, but what do I do? You know, I don't want to disobey mom and dad. They knew the correct answer. And they didn't always do the right thing, but more often than not, it helped them do the right thing. And we just played this as a game. We wrote down tons and tons of if situations for our kids. And in our Kids of Character Bible study that teaches 45 character qualities, at the end of each chapter, we've got ifs that you can use with your kids and help them apply and learn how to make correct and wise decisions. We would also give them everyday life er, stories. For instance, we knew this little boy called David. And his dad said, David. He was walking between two parked cars, David was, and he didn't see that a car was coming down the road. His dad, being taller, saw that. So he said, David, stop. And David stopped. 
But we told our kids if David had not stopped, he would have been run over by that car. Now, there wasn't time for David to say, Daddy, why do I have to stop? David had to obey. It was teaching first-time obedience. He had to obey. We tell our kids, Mom and Dad see things further down the road than you do. You need to learn to obey the first time we tell you to do something. If you want to know why, we're happy to explain that to you. But obey first, and then we'll explain it. Just like in that situation, if David had not obeyed, he could have been killed. So to help our kids internalize that, we made up a game. We called it obedience training, and our kids loved it. We would take them out in the front yard, and my husband would shout out commands, walk like a crab, sit, lay down, run, walk, um, stop. And the kids would follow those commands, and they loved it. We'd have friends come for supper, and they'd have the friends, hey, can we do obedience exercises? And we'd all go out in the, in the yard. Our neighbors must have thought we were nuts. But it was just a way to train our kids to obey, first-time obedience. Sure, you want your kids to know why you have the rules you do and why they need to learn to obey. You want them to know that, but they need to learn to obey first and then find out why later. We also told our kids, we kind of drilled into them, that people are going to watch you. When we went out in public, we had a bunch of kids, and we would, they would get watched. People would look at them. I remember seeing my daughter one time in despair saying, Mommy, they're counting us again. And saw this lady over there <laughs> counting seven kids, you saw her say. But we told our kids, you are a testimony for Jesus, either positively or negatively. So we would remind them of that before we went in the store, before we went in the restaurant. And there was one time we went to Golden Corral, and we were, um, we were sitting at the table, and a man came up, and he said, I am very impressed with your kids' behavior. Um, I just wanted you to know that. He said, it's kind of rare. And then he walked away, sat down and ate. We finished. We got up to pay. And the, the lady said, that man over there paid for your meal. He paid for all of us. And we just used that. It was a powerful testimony for our kids. They said, you were a good example for Jesus Christ. You know, that man saw how you behaved, and he was encouraged by that. And then the next time we went to the restaurant and someone didn't pay, they were disappointed. It only happened once, but, you know, it was good training for them. It was it actually showed them that people do notice how they act. If you need more help with gaining victory in, in reaching your kid's heart, Parenting from the Heart might be very helpful for you. It's a book I wrote with my personal parenting philosophy, and it might give you some more insight into that. There are other forms of discipline. You know, one of our kids was very people-oriented, and one of the worst things we could do is send him to the room when company came. So he really wanted to do right because he didn't want to get sent off by himself. Or withdraw a certain privilege, especially if it's related to something that they did. They didn't do the chore, they can't go to the planned activity. Or they didn't come when they were called, so they miss out on licking the bowl. They're loud in the car, we call a quiet time. Don't get to go to the skating party because their room wasn't cleaned yesterday and yesterday was cleaning day. If they didn't do their job thoroughly, call them back to do it thoroughly, even if you've got to wake them up in the middle of the night. 
If you're consistent in doing that, calling them back to do it right the first time, they'll eventually do it right the first time. If you interrupt them when they're reading a book or when they're asleep and you call them back to do it right, they will eventually think it's not worth it. I'm just gonna do it right the first time. Okay, so we're going to close for this week, but next week we're going to continue about obedience. So thank you so much for joining us today. And remember, whenever you, whatever time you spend teaching your kids God's word, you are not wasting your time. God's word never returns void. Thanks for joining us today. See you next time.